Hello and welcome to The Secret Chord Podcast. My name is Adam Jacobs. The Secret Chord explores spirituality through the lens of great music. Each episode explores a new artist and unpacks some of the hidden spiritual richness of the music and lyrics. Thanks for joining me. Let's listen. Hello, folks, and welcome to episode 53 of The Secret Chord Podcast. I'm very excited this week to speak about a band that I feel like I grew up with in the 80s, and they're called U2. They're an Irish rock band that was formed in Dublin back in 1976. The group consists of Bono. His full name is Bono Vox, by the way, which means good voice on lead vocals. A guy named The Edge on lead guitar. Adam Clayton on bass and Larry Mullen Jr. on drums. So they were initially rooted in post-punk and their style has evolved a lot throughout their career. Yet it's maintained an anthemic quality built on Bono's expressive vocals and The Edge's vampy effects-based guitar sounds. Their lyrics, often embellished with spiritual imagery, focus on personal and socio-political themes. Hugely popular for their live performances, the group have staged many ambitious and elaborate tours over their career. You 2 have released 14 studio albums and are one of the world's best-selling musical artists, having sold an estimated 150 to 170 million records worldwide. They've won 22 Grammy Awards, more than any other band. And in 2005, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in their first year of eligibility. Rolling Stone ranked U2 at number 22 on its list of the 100 greatest artists of all time. Now, U2 is a surprisingly religiously oriented group. And this fact created a fair amount of cognitive dissonance for them. This dissonance, plus some early setbacks for the band, almost ended them even before they got going as they struggled both with faith and self-doubt. During this time, Bono, The Edge, and Larry Mullen were involved in a religious group in Dublin called the Shalom Fellowship, which led them to question the whole relationship between their religious ideals and the lifestyle of a rock band. Bono and The Edge considered quitting U2 due to their perceived spiritual conflicts, but in the end, they decided to leave Shalom instead. So as a bit of a setup for hearing U2's God Part 2... Let's hear a bit of the inspiration for it. This is John Lennon's God. So here John describes God as a concept. I wish John was still around and I could discuss this with him. 
John's song is basically a long list of things he doesn't believe in, including the Beatles. And at the end, he lists the one and only thing that he does believe in, which is his relationship with his wife Yoko. The interesting thing about this is that several other things that he did profess to believe in, like peace and love, are also concepts. And truthfully, so is his relationship with Yoko. What is real about a relationship other than the conceptual idea of being associated with someone in an official kind of way? Unless there's some transcendent aspect to these concepts that makes them objectively real, they aren't. You can't have it both ways. If God is a concept, then so is love, and so was John's marriage. And now, for the sequel. This is off their 1988 album Rattle and Hum. This is God Part 2 by the great you too. Don't believe the devil. I don't believe his book. But the truth is never the same without the lies he made up. Don't believe in excess. Success is to give. Don't believe in riches, but you should see where I live. Don't believe in rage But every time she passes by Wild folks escape Don't believe in death row Skid row gangs Don't believe in the Uzi Just went off in my hand
what a cool tune. Here Bono sings, Don't believe in excess. Success is to give. Don't believe in riches, but you should see where I live. I believe in love. You've got to respect Bono's honesty here. You can still feel that tension between his wanting to be simple and humble while recognizing that he's a big star and a very wealthy one at that. Nonetheless, he believes in giving, defining that as success itself. And most importantly, and the one idea that defines U2's lyrics more than anything else, they are very into the idea of love, which pervades their writing. U2 developed a very melodic sound under the early influence of record producer Steve Lillywhite at a time when the band was not really known for having much musical proficiency. Bono's songwriting often exhibits a penchant for social, political, spiritual, and personal subject matter. The Edge has described U2 as a fundamentally live band. Their sound has been described as containing a sense of exhilaration that resulted from the Edge's radiant chords and Bono's ardent vocals. U2's sound began with post-punk, as we mentioned before, and minimalistic and uncomplicated instrumentals heard from the album's Boy and October, but evolved through the record War to include aspects of rock anthem, funk, and dance rhythms to become more versatile and aggressive. Boy and War were labeled muscular and assertive by Rolling Stone magazine, influenced in large part by Lily White's producing. So I wouldn't describe the next song as particularly muscular, but I do think it's got to be one of the most overtly spiritual songs I've ever come across from a rock and roll band. This is off their 2004 record, How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. This is Yahweh by the great U2. Love that. Another remarkable tune. Led Zeppelin's guitarist Jimmy Page called The Edge a sonic architect. The Edge's style of playing guitar is distinguished by his chiming timbres, echoing notes, sparse voicings, and extensive use of effects. 
He likes the perfect fifth interval and often plays chords consisting of just two notes, the fifth and the root note, while eliminating the third. This style is not explicitly in a minor or major key, but implies both creating musical ambiguity. For these chords, he often plays the same notes on multiple strings, some of which are left open, creating an Irish-influenced drone. Against this drone, he changes other notes to imply a harmony. Among the Edge's signature techniques are playing arpeggios, 16th note percussive strumming and harmonics, the latter of which he described as so pure and finely focused that they have the incredible ability to pierce through their environment of sound just like lightning. Bono's lyrics are great here. He sings, Take this shirt and make it clean. Take this soul, stranded in some skin and bones. Take this soul and make it sing. Yahweh, Yahweh, always pain before a child is born. Yahweh, Yahweh, and still I am waiting for the dawn. There are so many things to unpack in just these few lines, and time is short, so let's see what we can briefly explore. First off, the title is a common mispronunciation of the main Hebrew name for God, which is actually never meant to be pronounced as written. It's a conglomeration of the words was, is, and will be, all at the same time, indicating the ultimate, timeless, and transcendent nature of the Creator, and is considered an extremely sacred word. Bono talks about dry cleaning his shirt. What's that about? I think this is most likely a biblical reference from the book of Zechariah, where it says, Then he said to Joshua, See, I have removed your iniquity, and I will clothe you with splendid robes. Then I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. Clothing is a metaphor for character and stains for poor choices that sully that character. As such, the cleaning of one's garment is the same as the purification of one's soul, which Bono essentially asks God for here. He asks God to take his soul and make it sing. I think this is a reference to Psalm 84, where David writes, My soul yearns, yes, even pines, and is homesick for the courts of my Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out and sing for joy to the living God. Well, these are truly classical and timeless spiritual ideas that you 2 is covering here. Lastly, the metaphor for childbirth is extremely deep. Despite all of our knowledge, no doctor can predict the exact moment when labor will begin or why. The woman suddenly finds that this mysterious life that's been quietly developing inside her is aggressively pushing its way out and that she essentially has no control over the process. Obviously, there are times, especially before the advent of the epidural, when this can be a very scary and extremely painful process. Nonetheless, it is precisely this process that produces new life. Nonetheless, it is precisely this process that produces new life perhaps the ultimate beauty and joy that humanity can experience. Isn't it remarkable that the one leads to the other, and how important it is to keep in mind in difficult times? And now let's hear our featured selection for today. This is off of 1991's Achtung Baby. This is One. Once again, by the great U2. Is it getting better? 
Well, there you have it. Another amazing, beautiful song by you two. So if there's one ultimate spiritual concept, I would say it's oneness. It's the true nature of all reality, but one to which the awareness of has proven frustratingly elusive from time immemorial. On a deep, subconscious level, all people and all things desire unity and express that desire in a variety of ways, from the formation of global institutions like the UN to the search for a unified field theory in physics. A theory of theories or a force of all forces. People are happy and satisfied when they feel at one with themselves and others and are generally miserable when they're not. Ultimately, the more unification we can see and experience in our plane of existence, the more closely aligned we are with the ultimate oneness that some people choose to call God. Achieving that unification is the goal and the main work of most spiritual and religious disciplines. Bono and you 2 are well aware of this and wrote a beautiful piece of music expressing it in their own unique way, in this case, in the form of a relationship. Bono sings... Well, it's too late tonight to drag the past out into the light. We're one, but we're not the same. We get to carry each other. You say love is a temple, love a higher law. You ask me to enter, but then you make me crawl, and I can't be holding on to what you got when all you've got is hurt. Oneness and love, that's you two in a nutshell. They held fast to those early spiritual leanings and managed to find a way to be at one with them despite the temptations of wealth and fame. I really appreciate them for that, and they have my deepest respect as people and as artists. And those are my thoughts about you 2 their music, their spirituality. And as always, we look forward to being back next time with more music and more ideas. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast on any of the major podcasting platforms and feel free to leave a comment or a review. To support us, please visit our Patreon account. And if you would like to communicate with me directly with questions or comments, please feel free to email me at ajacobs at ish.com. That's ajacobs at aish.com.